Hello, romantics. I'm Sarah Gomez, author, romance lover, and host. You're listening to Romancing the Story, a podcast centered around writing, reading, and story structure, all with a twist of romance. We're at episode 38, and on today's episode, I speak with writer and romance author Kayla Gross. We discussed subverting tropes and the importance of positive plus-size representation that showcases confidence, well-being, and a fantastical lifestyle. Kayla wrote a spicy story that is accessible for romance readers wanting to see a plus-size protagonist shining in the spotlight. Things get personal in talking about journeys of self-acceptance, public perceptions of body image, and why her latest novel, I Like You Like That, elevates and celebrates plus-sized voices. The discussion does take a small turn into heavier topics, and there is a brief mention of ED and how women internalize sexuality due to what society and people we know tell us. It's nothing explicit, and we don't linger on the topics long, but it's an important piece to mention, and I wanted to make anyone aware in case that makes them uncomfortable. There's always room for more voices in the romance community. So if you are looking to read Kayla's tropey plus-size rock star romance or connect with her, links will be in the episode description. With that said, let's jump right in. Welcome best-selling romance author Kayla Gross. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So Kayla, in case listeners don't know, can you tell them a little bit about yourself and your writing? Yeah, for sure. It's always hard to like uh, compact your life into a, a short a short amount of time. But I have been writing for oh gosh, since I was very small, like in journals and things like that. But I never thought I would be a uh, a novelist ever. That never crossed my mind until much later in life. Um, but I uh, was obsessed with film and movies and scripts and things like that. So I uh, moved to Hollywood and started working in the entertainment industry. And I had a few friends that were into uh, NaNoWriMo, NaNoWriMo. I always get that wrong. Um, and they invited me to Barnes and Noble to work with them. And I was working on a script and they said, why don't you try writing a novel? And I was like, sure, <laughs> why not? Um, and that's kind of how my, uh, novel writing career started, but my romance writing career didn't start until a couple of years back. And now I've just been writing romance nonstop, but that's sort of like me in a adult nutshell, I guess, with my writing journey. So when you were writing scripts, were you writing like romance geared scripts or was it more, was it something completely different? Yeah, it was definitely a rom-com. So I guess I have been writing romance, but uh, it feels so different in script form uh, for some reason. But my first script it, uh, that I wrote is called uh, Out of Habit. And it's uh, also about a plus size uh, woman, but she's a writer in Hollywood or she's trying to make her her career in Hollywood. So yeah, I, I was writing more of like romance based, I guess, for sure. Oh, nice. So it's always been there. It's always been there. (laughs) Bubbling underneath the surface. (laughs) Nice. Well, and like you mentioned, your latest book, I Like You Like That, uh, is kind of based in the entertainment industry, kind of like your scripts. Yeah. You have been hitting all these incredible milestones. I've seen you post about 
my, my goal is to get to 3 million by the end of the month. Cause that's kind of been like my marker in the last three months. It was like, I, I got over a million the first month. And then it was, I think like 800 some thousand last month. And I think I'm like at almost 800 right now. So hopefully I can hit that (laughs) 3 million page reads on Kindle Limited. It's been a wild journey for sure. I know I first heard about it when I kept seeing like um, social posts from like a lot of really adamant readers who just fall in love with your female protagonists. So your heroine, Birdie, is a talented, Mm -hmm. unapologetic, plus size rock star. Yes, you, she is. Oh my gosh. I love her too. <laughs> I just adore her. And do you think her confidence along with a love story is why so many people have been resonating with the book? I think so for sure. Because, you know, it's been, I, I think with plus size romances, right? When I first started my journey trying to find uh, romances uh, to read uh, with plus size women, it was, it was always like, oh, they had to change themselves or they were really upset with the way that their bodies were, how people interacted with them. And they sort of lived in that uh, societal standard of how we perceive fat women and their relationship to men and romance and all that kind of stuff. And so it was really important to me uh, that Birdie was confident yet insecure, if that made sense, because mm-hmm. that's kind of been part of my journey is like being in that sort of stuff like insecurity, but then finding myself and then, but still having those insecure moments. So it was really important to me to have her be confident and secure, but also insecure in moments where I felt like most women would be insecure regardless of their body size. (laughs) I love that she was, she knew what she wanted, right? Yeah. And she kind of went after it. And I think, you know, as a former big girl, I, I, I get it. You always try to make yourself small. And that's how I kind of read so many of those heroines who are plus size in the romance books. They always try to make themselves small. Like Birdie was out there. She was in the spotlight. Like she had no qualms whatsoever, but you're right. They, she did have glimmers of like self-consciousness, you know, like where she was aware of her size and, but she quickly would recover from that and be understanding what she wanted, what she desired and going after it. And to me, that was so refreshing to see. It was kind of like a, kind of that subversion of what you usually see from a plus size heroine in a romance, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, definitely. And again, that was just, it was so important to me because I feel like we're, it's kind of just expected of uh, women to just always be, you know, I'm so insecure. Like, uh, like this kind of person can't like me or like these people can't do that. Like, like me, if I look a certain way, or if I am a certain way, whether it's body size or just in general, like how you don't fit into society's like normal beauty standards. And, um, I just really, I like wanted to spell that so much in media and in society, because it's just, to me, it's so dated (laughs) and I just don't want to push that narrative any, any further, you know, and even in my newer books that I'm writing, like I have decided that unless it really, like, unless, um, these insecurities really call to me for that specific character, I just kind of want to like write my characters normally. So like how any person, human would interact with their fears and uh, how they feel about themselves. Like I I don't really want the weight or the body type to be like a a thing anymore, if that makes sense. So I'm hoping my future books will even evolve further, you know? I feel like, like you were saying, there is a certain assumption, I, I think as a woman, and especially a plus size woman, what you should be doing, what you should be eating, saying, be how you should being. And like, 
there's an, you know, when you think of a rock star, you don't think plus size women. Definitely not. Right. (laughs) And like, but then we have Lizzo shouting from the rooftops for plus size girls. Like, yes, we can do this. Yes. We're pop stars. We can be rock stars. We can be whatever we want. And, Mm -hmm. and you show that too, in your book, like I said, Birdie was in the spotlight. She kind of embraced that. And she, it was kind of given through the context of like, other people too had those assumptions of her, like even mm-hmm. her like manager was just kind of mm-hmm. like surprised that people would be flaunting themselves in front of her and they would want her or desire her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the first, I think the first few paragraphs of the book. It, it she's is. Like, she's like, no, no. <laughs> Men and women love me. And, and yeah, like Lizzo definitely had influence over that attitude, but I had um, this idea of sort of like what I would hope, uh, mama Cass would be like, or Cass Elliot. Sorry. I think that's how she wanted Mm -hmm. to be referred to. Um, Cass Elliot. I think that's how she would have wanted in like back in the sixties, like in the mamas of the papas. Like, I think she totally would have loved to be this like confident rock star that people loved because people did love her. And it was always things were made about her weight all the time. And it was constantly like trying to fight back. Like, you know, it's about music. Right. But that was such a different time. So I would hope that like, if she was still alive today, she would be like, Bernie's amazing. (laughs) That's who I definitely had in my mind a lot. Her and Kelly Clarkson for sure. And I thought of Kelly Clarkson a bit too, because I know Kelly Clarkson, she had talked about kind of her journey in the entertainment industry, going from like kind of a smaller size and then embracing who she was. And then kind of as she grew into herself and became more plus sized, just because Mm -hmm. she was comfortable with herself and she Mm -hmm. knew what her worth was, yet the entertainment industry was a little weird about it. And, And you created a real dynamic in the pressure as an entertainer throughout the book Mm -hmm. as well. That translated very well. Did you always know Birdie would be a plus size heroine comfortable in her skin in the entertainment industry? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Cause I, uh, so I have gone through like many phases of what I wanted to do in the entertainment industry. I went to film school. I wanted to be the next Peter Jackson and direct like Lord of the Rings. That was my jam. And uh, then I went to film school and I was like, I don't want to be a film director. <laughs> I was like, no, thanks. Not for me. Uh, and then I transitioned to more of like the writing aspect and found out that I was really good at that. But then there was also part of me that always wanted to act. And so I struggled like many women and men do uh, with my body for my entire life. I've always been uh, bigger. I'm birdie. Like I, I did reference a few of my likeness to birdie. I'm 5'10", birdie's 5'10". Um, and uh, so I've always been tall. I've always been larger. Uh, and uh, I went through this journey where I decided I wanted to be an actress. And I was like, okay, but like fat girls cannot be actors. Like that's just not, we don't, I always had somebody told me another fat girl told me in high school that fat girls only get to play the moms in place. And I was like, you know what? That's true. They do oh. always make fat girls play the moms in high school place. Like, I think it's changed a little bit now. I hope cross my fingers. Cause I went to high school in the early two thousands when it was like skinny was in, you know, mm-hmm. but it was true. Like she, this girl, she, because she was like one of the only chubbier girls that like was in place. She was always the mom in place. And I was like, you're right. We always get the moms or the witches or like the old, like the hags or whatever, quote unquote, like in fairy tales, like 
all these things like and those are great roles but like don't we want to play the ingenues like we want to be you know charlotte and charlotte's web even like we want these things and like they're they're always denied uh to the people that didn't fit into that like skinny pretty role and so i i went on this journey trying to be this like wanting to be this actress and in um acting classes and i ended up losing like 40 or 50 pounds and like really seeing how people like shift their thought process around you but also still at the same time even though i was like a size 12 at the time it was still like we did this exercise where there they the audience the other students would say like who who would you cast this person as like in movies, like based off of her acting style. And I got Tracy Turnblad, like, you know, all of the fat roles. It was like, this is what you would play. And and I remember even the acting teacher was like, like, think outside the box people, like, you know, mm-hmm. just because she, I look a certain, it's like, you know, and so uh, I definitely have felt sad about not being able to like having that, uh, that assumption of like, because I'm this way, I cannot be those things. So I stopped myself consistently in my life from doing like trying out for things for plays in high school for solos for singing. Cause I also like to sing, uh, and eventually in acting and stuff, I just was like, so uncomfortable, even after I lost weight, it was like, I just didn't ever feel comfortable in my own skin. So Later in life, once I got, I went through therapy and I did a bunch of things. I gained weight, my weight back and like had to also deal with the feelings around that. And then, but then just become comfortable with me and like heal myself with my food journey and my body and stuff like that. So when I was writing Birdie, it was like really important to me that, that she was almost like the woman that I wished I would have been like back then, like somebody had been like, you want to be a rock star? Like you can be a rock star. So I wanted her mom to be like, you're going to be famous and you can achieve the things that you want. And I wanted all the people around her too, to be like, yeah, you can do the things you want to do and go do it. And so when she's faced with people saying, no, like you shouldn't do this. Your hair should be this color. You're like, no, I, this is what I'm going to do. And people will like me for me and for my talent, not because of how I look, which ultimately I think Lizzo is really proving too as well. Well, and how therapeutic, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> Writing is, you know, that's why I think so many people become writers, right? Cause it's like, it's just like, it's such a, I don't want to say traumatizing process. It's traumatizing and healing all at the same time. It really is. It's almost like taking that, like, I would say damage, but like, yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Like all those, all those like very, you know, awful moments you've had, right. And recontextualizing them and saying like, well, here's what I wish I would have had. I feel you on that point too. Cause I've done, I've, I've done Shakespeare plays and I've been in, I've done some films work as well. I'm kind of a little bit on the heavier side. And then I tend to get like quirky roles. Yes. <laughs> The best friend or yes, whatever it might yes. be. Yeah. Or that goofy neighbor. Yes. Or like something <laughs> like that. It's always something really random and weird. And I'm just like, ah, this is so bizarre that like I it, it you know, I feel like I could definitely do better roles, but like that's that's what they want to pigeonhole you in, right? A hundred percent. And they still try. It's like mm-hmm. all over any show you watch still. It's like, oof, come on, guys. Like what is going on? You know, it's, and cause I feel like it's that saying, right. One step forward, two steps back. Mm -hmm. It's like, you feel, Oh, like, look at what is happening here. And then 
all of a sudden you see a new movie come out or you're watching a show and it's extremely fat phobic. And to be honest, it's usually written by men when it's extremely fat phobic or even just watching old shows. Sometimes sometimes I watch old shows that used to be comfort shows for me. And because I've evolved so much in my process of healing with my body and stuff, it's like, you're watching it. It's painful. You're like, oh, no wonder I had all these like subliminal messages. And now that I can see it and hear it, I'm like, oh, poor little Kayla, like poor younger Kayla had to listen to this and like carry this around with her. And that's why, again, it was just like in this book and in my following books, I just want my characters to be like, to be able to delete that noise and still come to points where it will affect them. Because I think that's true. It always does. Like that stuff always comes back. Nobody walks around in the world, just completely confident all the time. Like they, they might come off that way, but you just, you just don't. And like, I had a, a review for the book that was like something about that, like saying like, oh, you should have just mentioned her insecurities once and then moved on. And I was like, no, it, sorry if that person listens to this podcast, but like, I was like strongly, I wished I could almost message them, even though I would never do that. But like, you know, cause as an author, you just have to take it and be like, everybody likes different things and you totally understand where they're coming from. And I could see her perspective a hundred percent. But at the same time, I was like, but nobody, that to me is like super unrealistic. And even though romance novels are an escape, I still like to have them have like a certain amount of realism to them. No, again, nobody walks around like, yeah, I've healed myself and now I have no insecurities. I love everything about me all the time, hundred percent. And I'll never think a negative thought about myself ever again. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a great idea in the world, but it's not truthful. And so uh, I just really love content uh, not just mine, but like content that I'm seeing now that, uh, you know, embraces that, uh, both confidence, but also like still dealing with, you know, real mental health issues. Oh, absolutely. And I'm starting to see more of that, like kind of like integrated into the romance novels and I'm loving every minute of it. Yes. Really. I got a couple of thanks. Like, so people were like, Oh, I love that you included therapy. Like they talk about their therapists and I was like, well, you know, you don't need therapy forever necessarily, but it helped me. And so I feel like if it helps other people, like, great. If you're not into therapy, cool, like totally fine. <laughs> but I like, I, I thought that was really cool that people noticed that and put it in their reviews and things like that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought that was amazing because yeah, you, you want to normalize that, right? Normalize mm-hmm. those kind of things of taking care of yourself and then being comfortable and confident in who you are. And, exactly. you know, and that's why romance exists. And the book had a love connection with a bodyguard. Yes, it uh, did. <laughs> yes, it did. And we had an intense stalker situation. It did. And then the mega superstar and Birdie. So I got some serious bodyguard vibes, not gonna lie. Yes. <laughs> Was that an influence? Yes. I could love that movie growing up. <laughs> um, yeah. So I it's funny. That movie, I've seen it like once, maybe twice, but uh-huh. and I actually tried to rewatch it um after I wrote my book. And I was like, I didn't like it as much as I remembered Mm. liking it, which was funny. But um, I had gone through this stint right before I read I Like You Like That, where I was like, I found the rock star trope in romance. Mm. And I was like, I devoured like tons of rock star romance novels. And then then I kind of got bored of it because I was like, oh, they're all kind of the same. Like, you know, it's always the man who's the rock star Mm -hmm. always. 
Mm-hmm. It was never the woman. And I was like, if it was, she was like the drummer or the bassist or the pianist or, you know, something like that. She's, I was like, why isn't she like, you know? And so uh, I actually pulled my Instagram followers and my friends because I had this idea uh, because I like you like that is based in some truth um, from the beginning that I was told by my best friend that he would never like me like that. And I've kind of harbored mm-hmm. that. Uh, in my life experiences. And it came, I don't know how it came to me like that. I thought about that at some point. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if I could write this into a book. And then I said, well, he could either be a doctor and she has some weird thing and she reconnects with him in like the emergency room, which that's also, you know, a trope in romance landia. <laughs> or I was like, because I just read all these rock star books. <laughs> she could be a rock star and he could end up being her bodyguard. So I pulled my readers and they all, I think one person chose the doctor and the rest chose bodyguards. So I was like, mm-hmm. bodyguard it is. Um, and then of course I thought of like Whitney Houston and the bodyguard and that, that movie. And I was like, okay, like, that's a good idea with like the stalker thing, you know? So I did pull that. Um, but then everything else was, uh, it's actually based on my friends. A lot of my characters are my friends from high school. So that was sort of what influenced the rest of it. Kind of like I mentioned before, you kind of subverted that trope. You, you subverted the, the plus of what we usually see in the plus size heroine. But then on top of that, you also did like, like you were saying, you kind of subverted what the rock star trope looks like. Cause mm-hmm. it is usually the man and it's usually the, the woman's either like is kind of, he doesn't really know who he is or is a big fan or something like that. Yes. She, she, yeah. She doesn't typically, or if she is there, she's like in the band background somewhere. Yes. But, or they're a part of a band. I read one where she was like yeah. the singer, but she's like, then there was like all the other components, like were men. So it's like her and then all men. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, I want her to have female backup singers and a female drummer. And, you know, so basically, yes. and then her, her, her bassist is gay. I was like, I want all, like, I want, you know, these different things. Cause I feel like that's the truth of like the world we live in. Right. It's not men don't dominate everything all the time. <laughs> Well, yeah. And why can't the female have the spotlight, you know? Yeah. We have like all these great female, you know, record setting uh, artists out there. Of course we can have the spotlight. So that's exactly, it was beautifully written. The book has like second chance romance, Mm -hmm. former best friend trope. I mean, we're talking about all these tropes you got in there, the rock star (laughs) and then the plus size heroine. Um, And they all have this, the book has a dual point of view. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so glad we get to see Birdie from the hero's point of view too, how protective he is of her, how much he respects her. And he's Mm -hmm. always had that for her. Was it hard to balance a dual POV when building so many like layered tropes within the story? You know, it wasn't for me. I love writing the male perspective. And it was funny. We were having a couple of plus size authors on TikTok. We're having this like conversation in the comments of somebody's video because she was talking about this and I was like yeah you're so right I love writing the man looking at a plus-size woman like especially during spicy scenes because it's so fun to like love yourself from the perspective like or love yourself your character whatever it is like through the eyes of someone else like and I think that's you know have you ever seen the movie 27 dresses yes yeah Uh, you know, that whole plot line about like the best part of a wedding is when the man sees the bride walking down the aisle for the first time. And so at the very end of the movie, James Marsden is like looking at her with like love. And that's kind of how I always 
like Liam, as much as he um, was emotional, I like call him emotionally constipated, emotionally constipated in the beginning because he had all these things happen to him. So he's had all this trauma and PTSD and, uh, but he never did not like Bernie. Like it, they had this misunderstanding and then he went about his life and she went on to be a rock star. So of course they're not going to like cross their paths anymore until, you know, this incident, but I don't know. I just love writing male perspective. Like <laughs> writing a new book, I was like, it'd be kind of fun if my next book I just wrote it completely from the male point of view. But then I do love the duel as well because I like being able to get into the heads of all the characters. I do enjoy seeing a plus size heroine from the male's point of view because too, you're right. It's just like all these insecurities. I think sometimes the heroine might have about herself, regardless of her size. You know, the the male does not see that. Mm -hmm. or that perspective isn't there. It's more of like, oh my God, I want you. Oh my God, this is, you know, this is the best, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, it's just enjoying that other person, you know, uh, enjoying that pleasure. And I love that that was such a, we saw that quite often throughout the book. Yeah. And then it just, it, uh, just like, Pull them heartstrings. I love seeing those kind of things too when they like kind of go gaga, right? Over yes. the, over the girl. <laughs> yeah, you'll love my next book then because I really get into it. Um <laughs> with that, because uh he this book, it's like there's nothing about her weight, like she's just described as a, a plus size person. Mm-hmm. And so her, her body is often like very much uh, sexualized by the man, <laughs> both her body and her personality. But like that's been super fun to write. Um but yeah, like, you know, what's interesting is I, um, I've, I've always considered myself a late bloomer and because of the way that I grew up at, and, uh, the influences I had on my body and like the eating, uh, disorders and different things that I collected along the way, I, uh, very much desexualized myself and like put myself in the friend zone a hundred percent throughout my entire teenage and adult, young adult life. And so I actually didn't have uh, my first relationship until two years ago. (laughs) So I'm 34 now. So I didn't have my first boyfriend until I was 32. And I met him online during the pandemic. We're broken up now, but, um, but he was my first, pretty much everything, literally everything. And so I wrote this book while I was with him. And it's funny because I don't, I don't like the whole idea of like men, helping you change your perspective about yourself. But because I had so many traumas about what I thought men thought about me Mm -hmm. as a plus size woman. And so I had never had, and and I know this is so true for so many people. I see it on TikTok now all the time because people are starting to be more open about it. This is such like a hefty topic. It's like, there's so many things about it. It's like, where do you start? Again, I thought that men would not like anything about me. And I had it in my head that like, because they'd never hit on me traditionally in like a bar or, or anything like that. And like, you see all these horror stories of online dating for plus size women about fetishizing all this kind of stuff I had in my brain, like, Oh, like men will never like me like that. Basically. Mm. Cause I also had that in my mind from my personal experience of being told I'll never like you like that by my, uh, crush obsessive. I was obsessed. (laughs) Uh, so I just grew up with this like thought process. Right. So what my ex taught me a lot about was shifting how I thought men perceive bodies Mm -hmm. and women. Now, of course there are men that don't feel this way, of course, because they've also been traumatized by society and their thought process, but it really shifted for me. Like what 
had like how I perceived myself because of how he interacted with me. So it was like, oh, well, he likes my body. He looks at me, you know, this way and that way. What Like when we first started dating and he wanted me to come to like a family dinner, he was like, I want to show you off. And I was like, nobody's ever said that to me, you know, like, and it makes you feel good. So there's like a certain part about that attention, right? Like we're humans. We like having that even when we say we don't, right? So it really shifted my perspective about how men can really like appreciate any body type. And so it was really nice to have that while I was writing this book, because it was the first book I'd written with my own personal experiences, um, being sexual in a plus size body. So I really tried to translate that through. And if anybody's listening that has the same life experience as me, like, I just want to say like, go out there, like put yourself out there. It's really scary. It could be really hard. I totally get it. I didn't put myself out there for 32 years, but there are people out there that love and accept you just the way you are. And I think that's really important for me to continue to write in my books as well. I think a big part of why I also connected with Birdie was because like, she kind of went after what she wanted. I know there's a lot of things like I've been so worried about the way I look or the way I'm perceived that I, you know, I think a lot of times just in general, we hold ourselves back, right. Yeah. From certain things because society has told us, no, you're, you're not pretty enough for that. You're not, you're, you're not skinny enough for that. You're not, uh, you know, you, you don't have a, a certain name or something like that. You know, you know, certain education, whatever it might be. So like we, we kind of confine ourselves into these little boxes of like, okay, then maybe I shouldn't want those things. Totally. But then, yeah. And Birdie wants those things. And so she does go after them regardless of what 100%. anyone says. So I, I love that that was a great way to connect me in the book to Birdie saying like, man, I want to be like her. Cause that's something I've seen quite a bit too, through like, like you were mentioning like some of the reviews and things like that. Cause I was like seeing a lot of people say like, man, I love Birdie. I want to be like her when I grow up. <laughs> yes. That's been touching my heart so much. Cause I just, I think it's so important. Young people need good role models. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about our society, even though we're trying now, I think people are trying to revert back to the nineties and two thousands, but you know, we have these people in media that are pushing against that. And Bertie, I modeled her after the plus size model, uh, Hunter McGrady. You'll when you look at her, you'll be like, yeah, I see it. <laughs> and actually her husband as well. She posted a picture yesterday of her in like lingerie with him, uh, with him. And I was like, oh my God, it's Bernie and Liam. I can't even handle it. I was like, they're uh, like, it was like perfect. I was like, too bad I couldn't have that for my cover. But like people like her and like we talked about Lizzo and other um, one of the biggest parts of my healing journey when I first started going on my fat acceptance journey was to follow a ton of people on Instagram that had bodies like mine or, um, you know, just larger people in general and unfollow really unhealthy accounts that mm. didn't do any good for me. And so all these people, I think just like influence, like I ended up sending books to a bunch of influencers. Cause I was like, you influence this book you, cause they did like, they're like just looking at their content you know, on the feed scrolling, it was like just seeing women. It's like, that's what I'm so glad that people are starting to see that on magazine covers and on social media. And so that's why I think it's so important too, to bring it into books and movies and television as well. I love too, that you mentioned the, the model Hunter, uh, Hunter McGrady. Is that yeah. her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, Cause you kind of addressed that a bit in the book too, about like the body image, um, particularly in self-doubt that sometimes creeps in when you mm-hmm. have a relationship with someone who is a different body type. 
Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I've seen that too on like Instagram and TikTok where like there's this gorgeous woman who's just, she just happens to be plus size, but then she has a very fit husband. And then it's kind of one of those things where like people are just cruel. I get some weird comments too when stuff goes viral uh, on social media, like, well, why isn't the man fat? (laughs) And it's like, well, why does he have to be? Right. (laughs) I just don't get that. Like, to me, that's so funny. Cause then it's, again, it's just saying that only fat people deserve other fat people. Like, and somehow like fat people's value is less because they're fat. And so, and somebody who's societally cute or sexy or muscular, like they are valued more. So now we can't put somebody who's valued less with somebody who's valued more. And it's such a, like, I, it's a, it's kind of funny how often I get that actually. And then of course you get a lot of other weird comments from fat phobic people, but um, that to me, I, I actually responded to somebody on Twitter who, who retweeted my book cover. Literally, it was just said like, well, why isn't the man bigger, larger? And I just responded like, what, how would I just I said to you? Like, well, why does, why do they have to be? Mm-hmm. And they didn't expect me to respond. So they were like, oh, well, it's just uh, like observation. And I said, well, I could recommend books to you if you want books with huskier guys. They're like, Oh, well, what's husky? I was like, oh boy, I, you know, but it's like, well, that's what I always say to them. I go, I can recommend books with huskier men. If that's what you want to read about, like that's totally, like there's plenty of books out there that have, well, not plenty, but they're starting to get out there. Like books with like lumberjacks, uh, you know, huskier dudes. And maybe Mm -hmm. someday I will write a husky dude, you know, but like, this is my fantasy. Like, you know, (laughs) well, and those relationships exist. It's not exactly. like it's like outside the realm of like possibility. You're telling me you will accept a monster romance, but you will not accept a plus size girl you. with a skinny guy. <laughs> Fight me. Thank you. I know. That's, I just don't understand. Sometimes I just, oh man, it's a funny world out there. And people just, again, like, it's like that mismatch, as you said, it's like people yeah. look at it and they're like, oh no, it's different. It's different. And my partner was actually smaller than me. Um, he was huskier, but he was smaller. Uh, he is actually also like slightly shorter than me as well. And, uh, I remember when I first saw him cause it was the pandemic. And so we did virtual dating first and then I met him. And I remember when I got out of my car and I was like, I thought he was the same height as me. Right. And so then he's also thinner than me and a little bit shorter than me. And like all of my insecurities came up and I was like, I was with a friend and I remember driving away from his house and being like, he's not going to like, me." she's like, why? I was like, I'm bigger than him. She's like, so it was like, all of these feelings came up and, you know, I think later he texted me like, oh, you're much, you know, you're so pretty. Da, 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 da. I was like, okay. Like I got all uppity in my head for nothing. And again, it's because of these things that are just like so hammered into our brains time and time again. Like if you look this way and somebody else looks this way, then you don't match. Like you can't be a tall woman and be with a short guy. Uh, You can't be a fat woman, be with a skinny man. You can't be with, you can't be fat and be with a bigger or muscular meathead or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like you just can't do, it's like, why, why, who put these rules in place? Nobody. (laughs) And we can live our lives. However, you know, however we fit, it's not, it's not like we're hurting anybody. It's not hurting you. (laughs) Exactly. My, my niece is the same way. She, she felt so self-conscious about her height. She's six foot two. 
And oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but she's, oh my gosh, she's gorgeous. She's just like, she's like a goddess. Like she just walks yeah, in the room yeah. and she's so beautiful and live, but she felt so su- insecure about it for so long. And she, she's dated a guy and we're pretty sure they're going to get married, but like, she's been dating a guy for a long time and he's a lot shorter than her. Okay. But, like, but they're so sweet together. And like, I, we never thought anything of it, but I think both of them felt a little insecure about it just yeah, because yeah, of 100%. other comments. Yeah. I like that you showed in this book in particular, like that relationship, that dynamic about like growing that healthily and like kind of tuning out, right. All those other people, because that's just, that's just noise. So. Well, that's why it was really important for me when like, she brings up like, like, Oh, you didn't like me. Cause I was fat. He was like, what? Right? <laughs> He's like, I didn't, what, you know, like, uh, Cause I just, I like the idea of trying to ingrain into people that like not everyone follows society's propaganda. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like do a lot of people, especially in high school. Yeah, of course. But not everyone. Like I grew up with very healthy, functional male friendships and mm-hmm. I'm very grateful for that. And, you know, all of my male characters are uh, references to the men who I grew up with. And we worked at the ice cream shop together, all of us. That's how we met. Uh-huh. Not called the Daily Scoop. It was, in fact, uh, Cold Stone Creamery. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I just, like, to me, did they like, the only thing is, is that they didn't like me as more than a friend, probably maybe because of societal stuff, maybe because they just didn't like me. Who knows? You'd have to ask them. Like they were never, never in my life. Did I feel uncomfortable around them mm-hmm. for being fat or tall? Like they were always just like, Kayla's the shit, like Kayla's cool, you know, whatever. And I, I so appreciate that, you know, growing up with that. Cause that's, I really tried to also reflect that in my book and, and somebody on Twitter brought that up. They were like, your men aren't toxic. And I was like, thank you. Cause I don't want them to be toxic because all people can be toxic, but I think, mm-hmm. especially now in romance, there's a lot of like uh, aim towards men being like super toxic and that being kind of like I- idolized in a lot of ways. But then, obviously, you don't want that in real life either. And it's kind of that walking the fine line, right? Of like, of like enjoying something for what it is, but then also like, what are we enforcing by always having men just be constantly toxic, even if it's fiction? Mm-hmm. Um, and then being rewarded for being toxic. I wanted by the men in this book, to, the toxic men were not rewarded and the ones that were not toxic were rewarded, you know? And again, like I read plenty of books with like really morally gray characters and I enjoy them. But I also too, it's like, it's a struggle for me sometimes because I'm like, well, who else is reading this book? Like are young girls reading this? Because like I have the wherewithal right to know what is healthy and not <laughs> And what's fiction and not. And so that's like always a struggle for me. Yeah. You bring up a great point because there is a lot of like rewarding of toxic masculinity in just mm-hmm. media in general, right? Yes. Like they still get the girl, even though they did nothing to like, yes. she's almost given as a reward of some yes. sort. And We're like to just take it. To, yeah. Like, oh, you cheated on me a bunch. Like all these celebrity women that, you know, take back their cheating exes time and time again. And Obviously, like to each their own, everybody, I totally get it. We don't know people's circumstances, things like that. But um, I don't know. There's something about uh, cinnamon rolls and romance, as they call them, that I definitely enjoy. And there's a time to to read alpha toxic, whatever, when you want like that sort of feeling of like, yeah, she's mine. (laughs) 
And yes. I tried to give Liam that aspect with like the radio host. I wanted him to be alpha male, but I also wanted him to not be this like overwhelming where you can't forgive him. No, that's kind of how I read into him. He seemed like a, a kind of this, a strong domineering character enough to where he like took charge of situations and he could be a bodyguard, you know, but he wasn't like overpowering, if that makes sense. Yes, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like too, like way too like dialed up, you know, but he still had those qualities of like kind of a cinnamon roll hero where he just, he was kind of ooey gooey in the middle, you know, Yes, like yeah. outside the hard exterior. Yeah. So. And I'm not saying I never won't write a, uh, those characters. Like I, I, I don't want to like come off as being like, oh, don't write those. Cause I, I plan on writing different kinds of books, but I also, it's, it's such a, it's just funny. Like when you're a writer, it's like thinking about all these different aspects of like how, who's reading your books. And that's why I think also trigger warnings are important and all that kind of stuff. And I do apologize because I actually, after I published my book, I realized I didn't put any trigger warnings, um, in that book itself. Uh, but I did go back and put them on the, uh, my Amazon like page of the book at the bottom. I now have the trigger warnings down there. Um, always learning about what I need to do to protect people and their, their mental health. Um, and I think that's important as like people who are writing, um, consumable media, right. I love that too, because I I will say that just like a quick aside that I did talk to a book blurb expert and she had mentioned that that was something that was becoming more popular and especially like romance was spearheading that adding trigger warnings to books, which I appreciate, you know, I go into a book and I don't know what to expect. And then I find something that does trigger me or I'm just like not comfortable with. Um, I like having at least that call out. So I am prepared. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I am not easily triggered. I think Mm. the only thing that I'm triggered by is like, is the books that claim they're plus size. And then the person hates themselves and like loses weight after the prologue. Mm. That's the only place where I'm like, "Eh, why? Like, don't do not promote this book as plus size. If your character is like hates herself or, or loses weight, like that is, or also to like putting a thin woman on the cover. I, I like that to me is like, the skinny washing thing that really triggers mm. me. Well, and speaking of cover art, I love oh, Chef's Kiss. The cover so art, amazing. Oh my god, it's so amazing. If I, I like you like that, the cover art is just beautiful. Ah, uh, and and was it your idea to put Birdie in like a mini skirt and Liam like dipping her on the cover of the book? Was yes, that your idea? Yeah. Yeah, I told Mia. She's this wonderful artist from Brazil. I found her. She did Jude and Carden art for. Holly Black's book. Um, she did some fan art just on her page and it, it came up on something because I was looking for cover artists. And I was like, it was like very um fantasy, like the 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 all the people's bone structures were like very sharp. And I and they had the fey ears and stuff. But I loved the way that she drew. And so I messaged her and I was like, hey. Um, and at the time I actually was just getting art for myself because I like to get art of my characters. <laughs> Even if just for me, because I like to see them how I picture them. Mm -hmm. And so initially I just like gave her all the information and I just used one of the um, outfits Birdie wears in the book. And I was like, put her in a black crop top and a green um, skirt and Liam in a t-shirt. He was a cross between Ben Barnes and Tom Ellis from Lucifer. Yes. And Miranda. (sighs) Um, I, I knew him from Miranda. I don't 
because uh, I love that show, very fat positive um, show. And so I gave her like, you know, just all the things that I wanted, pictures, things like that. I said, da, 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 here's what I want. And she gave it to me a couple months later and I saw it and I was like fangirling like crazy. And I said, I want to use this as my book cover. So I messaged her and said, if I pay you more money, can I use this as my book cover? And she's like, I've never done a book cover before. Sure. And I was like, so t- and thank God I did. Cause girl, the cover has done wonders for me. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's perfect. Like I don't, you rarely see like uh, plus size heroines again, like in crop tops and like mini skirts. And I love it. And she's being dipped and man, that just, that's just speaks to so much trust because I'm very insecure about being dipped. I know, that's just me. <laughs> Same, I'm the same. Uh, the first thing people point out about the cover is her back rolls and the fact that um, he's holding her back rolls mm-hmm. and that she has thick thighs. And it's funny because I guess I didn't really notice that too much. Like I noticed it, but I guess it wasn't until the book went you know, public and people, that was like what people were pointing out that I realized like the significance of that. Because I remember when, I was like really uncomfortable with people. Like if somebody touched my side or like my stomach, mm-hmm. I was like, you know, don't do that. Um, and I was like, yeah, that is a big thing. Like when you trust somebody enough to like touch the places that you're most insecure about, I was like, so no wonder people see that first. She's making my next book cover and hopefully the next one after that, cause I, she's already working on my next book cover and I'm super excited. I'm going to like have her for the rest of my life if she lets me. Um, but yeah, her art's amazing. And I already have started to see her getting other book covers. So I'm like, yeah, girl, get that money. <laughs> yeah. that's Oh my gosh. It was so great. The first, that, that first cover was just amazing. So I can't wait to see what else she's got, but I haven't even finished writing the book yet. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see the cover first yes, <laughs> then I'll get inspiration yes, right exactly <laughs> so like since we've talked so much about this incredible book of yours where can listeners find your book and if they want a little teaser for the next one how can they connect with you yeah so you can find um my book on Amazon right now it's ex- well I guess Barnes and Noble technically picked it up quote unquote like on their website so mm. you can get it on barnesandnoble.com amazon.com it's on Kindle Unlimited if you have a Kindle Unlimited um, membership uh, and eventually I haven't officially officially announced it yet I've said it on lives and things like that but um, I haven't like put it on my Instagram or anything yet but uh, it is going to be an audiobook with a duet narration. So that hopefully they're working on it now. So hopefully it'll be my goal is to release it like maybe the second week in January. And so that'll be on audible. And then I'm on Twitter at, at Kayla gross, zero S S E and, uh, on Instagram at Kayla writes life and on TikTok at Kayla gross writer. I know they're all different shame on me, but they're all different. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's, and you can find me on my website too. And you can join my newsletter at kaylagross.com slash newsletter. So that's where you guys can hang out with me and get more deets on everything. Thanks so much to Kayla for joining the show. If you like this kind of content, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you're the first to hear new episodes when they drop. And if you get a chance, feel free to leave a review. 
It helps support the show and allows more opportunity to bring in all kinds of fantastic guests. Book recommendation for this episode, I Like You Like That by Kayla Gross. Also, if you get a chance, Kayla mentioned the British show Miranda as a fat positive TV show. Uh, Tom Ellis is in it, so I definitely added it to my watch list. As always, stay safe, be well, and keep writing.